0: welcome back to from the press box the holland sentinel sports staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports and we're hoping to get back on a weekly schedule here for you now that uh high school football season is ramped up i'm sports editor Dan DiAdonna, along with our assistant sports editor will kennedy and will i mean this is your first football experience here in the holland area you had back-to-back games um just uh yeah, start with just what what was your experience especially with the Holland Holland Christian game that's obviously a rival that a lot of people uh rivalry that a lot of people care about and uh didn't turn out exactly how a lot of people expected
1: no yeah I mean first of all let me just say how, how amazing it felt to be back on the uh the sideline again at a football game regardless of the score it just felt uh felt like I I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast and I think people can probably tell in my writing that football is my thing. Uh, so it kind of felt like I was kind of coming home, which, which, which was great, um, regardless of the outcomes of the game. But yeah, Holland Holland Christian was an interesting game. Just looking at last year's results and everything kind of figured they would, uh, it would be a close game. Both teams went, uh, technically not winless last year. Holland won a game via forfeit, but Holland Christian went winless last year. So I thought it would be a, uh, Close game. It was not Holland Christian won 59 to six. Scored 30 points in the first quarter, and it was kind of over from there. Um, but I, I did dub the game. Shout out to uh, Education Reporter Mitch Boatman for for naming it the Tool of Town Throwdown, which I am now calling it forever now. Um, also trying to get the athletic director to play for a giant wooden clog. But no, it was it was it was a uh, Holland was definitely overmatched. Uh, I think Holland Christian got a lot of guys back who were injured last year who didn't play a lot. So I think they're going to be a lot better than people think in a uh, Will Alderink or Alderink. Um, he had about 150 yards, uh, four touchdowns. Um, he was injured all last season. Their second uh, guy, Julius Dykehouse, um, he was injured most last season. He set up a lot of big touchdown runs for, for, for Alderink um, and Reeve Taylor, their, their quarterback. He's a, he's a junior um, this is his first season, obviously, getting a chance to play like seven on seven and stuff in the summer and develop in the offense. And he looked real good in, in limited action. They didn't have to throw the ball much because they were up so big, but he completed eight passes and had like 150 yards and three touchdowns. He, he looked really good in, in limited action.
0: Sounds good. Yeah, my first game was Sagatuck. Um They are now the Trail Blazers, which they changed in the middle of last year. And this was their first football game as the Trail Blazers didn't go as uh, as they would hope, as uh, White Pigeon won uh, pretty handily. The same team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year, um, they got some, uh, they got some sparks. Though I mean, Benny Diaz is obviously really fast, being a state champion sprinter, uh, but he's a really good football player too. Uh, I think they've just, you know, kind of have a transition with a lot of other young guys that they're bringing together. And I think that the, you know, it was kind of a good growing pain, pains kind of a game because they got beat pretty handily by a really good experienced team. And so they can kind of see what that was like, get, um, you know, specific things to work on and move from there and start growing. So, um, that was, uh, you know, didn't, like I said, didn't turn out, uh, as they'd hoped, but it was, it was kind of cool to be there for the first trailblazers game, um, in Saugatuck history.
1: Yeah. I feel like anything, obviously you were there, so I wasn't, um, I was at the Zealand West game that night at East Grand Rapids, uh, which was a fun game. But I feel like anything Benny Diaz touches, regardless of sport or even outside of sports, anything Benny Diaz touches, he's going to be really good at it. Um, so the Trailblazers are lucky to have him for his senior year back. Um, uh, he's he's going to be a star, at whatever he decides to do in college, he, whether it be track, baseball, or football, he's going to be great at it. Um, and I'm excited for sure. for him to continue. For
0: sure, yeah. great athlete. They they seem to soccer Tuck seems to breed some of these all around great athletes. I mean, Blake Dunn, who was just drafted, uh, you know, by the major leagues this year and was playing baseball at Western Michigan. He also was an all state football player and won state championships in the hurdles while being an all state baseball player. Yeah. Uh, and it was their all time leading basketball score and same kind of a thing for Ana Capitosto on the women's side. Um, and, uh, you know, you see a lot of the girls last year on uh, with all their success doing that, too. It's kind of a cool thing uh, that Tuck, you know, continues to put out those kind of athletes. So very, very, very fun to watch for sure. Yeah, yeah uh,
1: absolutely. I mean, you kind of have to when it's a school like that with so limited population. But at the same time, you got schools like Fenville who don't do that consistently. So, I mean, it, it's really a really testament to the staff over there at Tuck who, you know, do a good job in pretty much every sport.
0: Right. And also let. Uh, you know, there's no pressure to to focus on the one sport. Yeah, they yeah, they exactly. embrace the multi-sport athlete. I know Hamilton is big on that too. Yeah. Um, and other schools are too, but Hamilton has been preaching that for decades. Um, and, and soccer Tech's obviously on the same page there. So it's uh, fun to see how good of athletes can be doing a, an array of things for sure. So, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: so meanwhile, you were at Zealand West at East Grand Rapids.
1: Yeah, I was told that was going to be a really close game, a, a real a good one. I expected it to be. Like I said, looking back at the records of last year, both teams were really good. Both teams kind of consistently make big runs in the playoffs. East Grand Rapids made it to the quarterfinals last year. Zealand West was uh, knocked out due to COVID tracing, had to forfeit. Um, but they were primed to make a big run. But but Zealand West just absolutely dominated from from the jump, and it was so bizarre because I remember sitting on the sidelines talking to zealand west's athletic director jordan Banstra and i was just like man these kids don't look like they got any juice tonight they don't look energetic at all they look like they're just about to get stormed over by east grand rapids because they were all hyped up it was a home crowd you know first time having a big crowd in like two years and like the kids looked pretty big um bigger than zealand west and then jordan was just like yeah, no, that's our thing. We, we, we'll be fine. Trust me. I was like, Mm -hmm. all right. And then they just come out and Zealand West goes on like a 10 minute drive, takes up the entire first quarter and scores. They just hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, get some timely turnovers. And when I looked up at halftime, it was like 28 to six. And I was like, well, okay, that's uh, and then it got bigger. I think at one point it was 37 to six. Um, and yeah, it, Zealand West let them back in it towards the end a little bit, but it was it was again sort of like the Holland Christian game, not really close at all for the for any of it.
0: it right, was, and it was, it was wild. It's it's good to see you get that experience with Zealand West. They're very business like. Um, yeah, they're was, the they're the worst know. team to photograph touchdown uh, reaction because they have minimal
1: reaction. I, I was gonna say like I I didn't want to say they were boring, but it was, I mean they're good at what they do, so you can't fault them. But it's just like. Right. Man, first game of the season, I was expecting some kind of juice and energy, and they just they just didn't have it. But, you know, they went out and did the job on the field, which is all they need to do.
0: Right. It's, it's really interesting. That's how you know they're going to be in for – I mean, they're always good. Yeah. But the years that they're great, they have several games throughout the year where they have the ball for almost the whole first quarter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, East Grand Rapids got the ball first, went down, and uh, – think they, they they went for it on fourth down and they didn't get it no they punted it and zealand west took the ball over like the two-yard line then they just drove the field down and just scored with like 30 seconds left in the first quarter
0: yeah that's their that's their bread and butter they they will they will crush teams that way because it's just so long for a defense to be on the field yeah. and well, it's, it's crazy so thing- long till you can't score when you're the ball
1: And the crazy thing about it is though, like they have, it's not like they're just like getting four or five yards at a time. Like they they do do that. And they have the ability to do it running a wing T, but they have like big playability. Like the one pass they threw all game was a 23 yard touchdown pass. as time expired at halftime. Um, That was the only pass the quarterback threw all game.
0: Um, Yeah. They'll be like that. They like to throw that in there like that.
1: Yeah. And then uh, they'll just like run off like this big, like 45 yard run play. And then just have like a really long methodical time taking their time getting the play, drain the clock, drain the clock. And like on the on the first drive, it took about ten minutes. They had like two or three plays of fifteen plus yards. It's not like they're just getting a little bit here and there. Like they're getting right. big chunk plays, but they're just like methodically moving down the clock. And you don't expect that from a wing T team to to be able to get those chunk plays. But Zeeland West has that ability to do either or they can, they can kind of, right. Well, they're running
0: the same place. So what happens is they have um, like five plays. They could easily score on the first play of the game. You know, it's just all about what the defense has given them, but they've learned to embrace that. I know when they first started doing the wing tee at Zealand West that, you know, it was, uh, there's a little bit of natural frustration from the players just, you know,
1: yeah, especially the wide receivers.
0: Trying to get to that breakout run or whatever, especially when you're running the same three, four plays all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and then they finally figured out that oh, it'll it'll happen. You just don't yeah. know when it's gonna happen. Yeah. You can't exactly. plan for the big run. Yeah. Um so but yeah, it just it just it comes in spurts sometimes and sometimes it doesn't, but as long as they're I mean their line is obviously the key because they have to block all of those holes every time and you know for them to go 98 yards, I mean, you're keep and that means they're even when the play isn't working, even when the defense knows it's coming, they're getting some yardage to keep that drive going.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, for sure.
0: Because they, they obviously know the wing T. Those those one of those three plays is coming, but even when you know the idea is that you play off where the defense goes and then you yeah. give it to somebody else or whatever, that's and it's just
1: that's option football, man. That's the it's brilliant. The yeah.
0: Football yeah when i was in high school we i was on an option football team and i was of course the wide receiver yeah i think i got three passes thrown to me the entire year um so you know i i'm very familiar with option football watching it from up close without yeah. doing much
1: yeah
0: um just kind of funny but uh yeah they did they did really well i mean hamilton won a close game in yeah. their opener
1: yeah, Hamilton, uh, it, I, I, this is kind of my sleeper pick to be a really good team this year is Hamilton. Um, I know they're coming off a couple of down years um, with the transition to the Flexbone, which is, for those who don't know, Flexbone is very similar to what you'll see the Naval Academy run or other service academies, um, sort of triple option Um, They transitioned to that. Then they had a COVID year, which kind of turned everything, had some injuries. Quarterback went down, running back went down. Um but this year, I mean, they they gained 350 yards on the ground in Week One. Um, Phil Coop's head coach there was was a little disappointed that they only scored 14 offensive points. They won 16 to six over Wayland. Um, they got a safety in the game, which was which was big. But um, he's a little disappointed. They, they had some drive stall out in the red zone on fourth downs. Had some fumbles. Um, so point of evidence this week heading into, to a game for are playing, um, benzene something, I think Yeah, Central, Yeah. Central. Yeah, um, that's about three hours North. Um, and a uh, real point of evidence this week is holding onto the ball and finishing drives because with the, their stat line, obviously I wasn't at the game, but, but from what I heard from our, our contributor, Lenny Padilla, um, and, and what I read on the, on the stat sheet, when I heard from Phil, when I talked to him this week, they should have won by a lot more. They just, um, you know, they couldn't, uh, couldn't find the end zone. They, they, they self-inflicted wounds. Their defense played great. Um, only giving them seven points all game. Um, but yeah, self-inflicted wounds just kills them. So that, that's a big point of emphasis this week for them.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. They have an interesting thing. they actually went further than any of our teams last year, despite COVID and despite being on their third string quarterback, because yeah. they just stayed out of the COVID protocols yeah. and they were good, you know, then they ran into, you know, a South Christian team that was, that was really good in the playoffs um, but they the, Hamilton's interesting, uh, similar a little bit to Holland Christian in the fact that the, the injuries everything changes with the conference change. Last year they changed oh. conferences. That Hamilton and Holland Christian were in the green with Holland Zealand East, Zealand West, Muskegon, and Mona Shores. So you're playing four powerhouses no matter what. Yeah. Um, oh, and unit and Unity Christian who won the state championship a couple years ago too so you've got five like powerhouse kind of teams in your conference so i really never knew what hamilton really had the last few years because you know even if they're good they're probably losing to most of those teams yeah um so now unity christian is still in their conference and holland christian's in their conference but without zealand east zealand west muskegon and mona shores That's four dominant teams taken off of their schedule. So, and they're clearly bigger schools. So it's it's not like they're just, you know, copping out and being in a you know a weaker conference. It's a it's a for for Hamilton and Allen Christian. It's a more balanced conference.
1: It it makes more sense,
0: Uh, right? So we'll just we'll see what this could be really a really interesting year. Like like you said, I kind of like them for the sleeper pick.
1: Yeah, um, for being really good this year. Like they have Quentin Sorens as a quarterback. I really like he. I wrote a story about him kind of comparing him to Trevor Lawrence cause he looks a lot like Trevor Lawrence. Um, um but he's, he's, plays very, very different, obviously an option quarterback, but this is his third year in the flex bone system and he was raised as a spread guy. Um, so it was very different. That transition was hard for him. Second year in it, he was injured, but so now he's like mastered it and he's ready to go and he's ready to kind of, you know, take the, take the West Michigan football scene by storm and, and watching the practice. Like he really clearly knows what he's doing out there. Um, so I'm excited to, to get out there and get a chance to watch him soon. Hopefully.
0: For sure, for sure. West Ottawa, they had a they had a decent game played against Northview, and yeah. uh, which was interesting because their former coach Ryan Oshnock, is now the Northview coach. So your your first game of the season is you're playing your coach of the last few years. It's got to be a weird situation. Yeah, um, but they they showed some signs. I mean, it's they how uh, West Ottawa hasn't won a game in a couple years, and they have been closed several times. Uh, Their offense is really good. It's about their defense. It has been kind of a lot of those games about their defense being able to stop some of the powerhouse teams in the OK Red. Defense didn't play so bad. No, defense played well enough. Um, So I I think that's very encouraging. Even, you know, you get the first coach, new coach, first game, new system, all that kind of stuff. Uh, You know, all those growing pains early. Um, But, the signs are good, uh, you yeah. know, much better than, um, you know, how, how some of the season went last year. So that's good news for them. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. I, I was talking to Pat Collins about it in the preseason. And he every time I email him for, for the scouting report, things we do each week, too, is he's always focused. Like, whatever happens with the opponent is going to happen this year is kind of we all just got to focus on us. He's really trying to shift the culture um from sort of just i don't want to say they were complacent and then they kind of like went into games like thinking they were going to lose last year but but now he's just like we got to get one percent better every day i know it's like coach speak but but you just you have to when you're in a situation like that and and really it's helpful that pat collins has three state titles at a smaller level they can kind of come in and the guys will be like all right he knows what he's doing he's not just trying to be another coach and try and change everything for for no reason like pat collins clearly knows what he's doing um, and you know he's starting a younger quarterback too, who had a, a tough game, but it was his first varsity game ever. And he's a shorter kid; he's only five nine, um, so it's hard to see over the the line. Um, but you know he threw a touchdown, two interceptions, and I think about 140 yards. Um, so you know it'll get better as he develops and as he gets used to the varsity speed. Um, but no, I mean that that's a team that's that's probably not going to have the greatest season, but it's it's definitely laying building blocks for the future.
0: For sure. And uh, my apologies if you you all listening out there hear the them tearing up the road outside of my house <laughs> uh but uh the, like west Adler, you, like uh, a point you mentioned is you know you don't know if they were like a little complacent or in feeling like they were gonna lose i mean if you don't lo- win a game for two years it's only natural to feel that way especially the middle the middle of last year and when you know that the okay red is really the hardest conference in the whole state um pretty much every year
1: well um, and these, these varsity kids who are seniors now they don't they don't know what it's like to win a varsity game unless some of them came up as freshmen. Like they have no wins on their varsity resume. And that was, that was one of the things uh, coach Pat was telling me about that. He's, he's really pushing, like he really wants to get these guys at least one win to go out on. So they know what it feels like. and And then the younger guys know what it feels like too. And they kind of build off that. Cause right now, unless you're up as a freshman, nobody in the whole program has a varsity win to their name, which is insane to me.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a really strange situation, um, and we've had some teams deal with it. Hopefully, uh, this this year is a little bit better, kinder to some of the teams. I mean, last year, I mean, Holland Christian already, they beat Holland. They didn't, Holland Christian didn't win a game last year. Holland didn't win a game last year. West Ottawa didn't get win a game last year, and Fendel didn't win a game last year. That's brutal. We've never had a year like that. We've you know, just a few years before we had a year where we almost had all eight of our teams make the playoffs, um, which is insane, um, especially when a lot of them are in the same conference. Um, So it's just, it's just really interesting. And now Fenville's, you know, they're, they've moved to eight man football, um, had some definitely growing pains in their first game, but also against a very established eight man football program uh, in Bridgman. So this year, this week, it'll be their first home game, and you know, in their new stadium that they renovated, you know, this past year. And uh, I, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's definitely something to uh, you know to hopefully give them some some energy and build on a little bit. But that's, I mean, a lot of the teams that's just going to be kind of it, the building blocks. Um, yeah. And then yeah. Zeeland East, obviously, they they went uh, over to Warrenwoods Tower and took care of business. Uh, even though Coach Woodruff said they didn't really play that great but they won pretty big um, yes, I don't do. I, I'd hate to see what playing great looks like if I'm an opponent that's how yeah, they're gonna if that's yeah. how they're gonna win when they don't play great um, but yeah we've got some good matchups coming up this week uh, we'll see uh, you know see kind of where where teams make those adjustments from week one to week two that's usually a very big adjustment period where you can see specifics on game film that you're yeah. doing not just talking about
1: the opponents yeah thats usually um, the and, biggest jump in a season you're if if you don't make a big jump from week one to week two, it's probably going to be a tough season for you.
0: For sure, for sure. And I mean, that doesn't mean you, you know, you're sunk if you lose both games. But if you, you have to show margin show the progress, yeah, yeah, you don't and, have to and show that you can make those adjustments. That that will be very big. I think that's going to be a big, uh, that's going to be a big thing for especially Sagatuck and Fenville who had really rough, Definitely. yeah, openers, but also had a lot of turnovers and a lot of missed assignments and things like that. Those are things you can pinpoint on game film now. Yeah, um, I think and, Benville. Uh,
1: I'd even give it an extra week too, maybe from week two to week three, just because I think a day before, two days before their game, their starting quarterback Ben Peterson got injured. Um, right. Don't know if he's coming back, um, but you know if you have a guy who's learning an entire new sport, the entire team's learning an entirely new sport, essentially going down to eight man. Um, guy who's leading the offense, getting all the reps, and he goes down. You got a, a guy who I think is a wide receiver normally out there playing quarterback. I mean, that's not going to end well. So this is essentially – I'll look at this as week one for Fenville. For sure.
0: No, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, if he's – if, if, if Ben Peterson play. is back, it's a very different ballgame.
1: Yeah, if he's able to – like I said, we don't know if he's able to play. I'll be out there this this Thursday. Um, that's going to be the Sentinels game of the week this week. Um, just kind of get the full eight-man experience, which will be fun. Yeah,
0: first time we've ever had it.
1: Yeah, I've never – I didn't know eight-man football existed until I moved to Michigan.
0: <laughs> and I still have never seen a game of yeah. eight man because we don't we don't have it here so there's just there's been no reason for for that to even come up so yeah, it's, um, it's I'm definitely very interested also to see how this how this plays out and and see the strategies and see you know what what things they can implement from the talent they have there so yeah, um, yeah I, I, I
1: agree I agree I mean you imagine it's going to be very spread offense centric because they have so much extra space um which sort of hurts a team like Fenville with such limited numbers Team like that would normally try and do some sort of option kind of thing because you know those are the offenses you run when you don't have premier athletes at every spot right. um so you know i think that the move to eight man is is going to make a struggle for them but you know you got to get your feet wet somehow and got to just jump into the deep end which is what they did last week
0: for sure and then maybe you know again like you said planning for the long run too i mean if they're this season is really obviously going to be an adjustment all season there's no way to yeah because yeah. every because opponents could have different eight man schemes every game that they haven't seen before. Exactly. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, exactly. um, I, I don't know how, like, I've, like I said, I've never watched an eight man football game. They, they could all go out there and run some sort of option for some reason, or they could all just have like very different spread looks and who knows, they might even be allowed to go in motion, like in the Canadian football league for all I know. I don't know what's going on in eight man football. Right. We'll yeah. Find well, out we'll,
0: we'll be interested to see the first, the first hand look for us this week. Yeah, um, and then Friday you've got uh, the hope college football opener. Yeah, I'll just
1: play an Anderson team coming in from Indiana.
0: It should be should be a good, good home opener. I mean, you know, hopes been, you know, pretty good the last couple of years, especially Um, new quarterback. Obviously, they didn't play last year. Yeah. Uh, New quarterback and a whole year off. We'll see how that affects uh, how uh, that affects the offense. I don't I, I would guess it wouldn't affect the defense quite as much.
1: No, I think that their hope is good because their hope is fortunate because they kind of have a, a bit of a soft landing in Anderson, I think over the last four years, they've won about four total games. Um, so not, not the greatest, like hope is obviously replacing Mason Oppel, Who was like a, a legend at, at hope college, um, football and kind of every sport, but, but particularly football. Um, but you know, they got some guys um, behind them. They're running back. His name escapes me at the moment. Uh, I think it's Kenyatta. Um, Kenyatta Austin, I want to say his name is, but Austin. Yeah, yeah. he's um he's really good. Expect him to to shoulder a lot of the load, get more carries this year, Um, kind of take pressure off their inexperienced quarterback, whoever QB one ends up being. Um, Coach Peter Sturzma hasn't told me or announced who it's going to be yet. Um, But yeah, I mean, they they kind of get a a soft opening with with Anderson. Um, Anderson just hired an offensive coordinator like two or three weeks ago, so that's uh, interesting to say the least have to install a whole offense in three weeks before your first game. Um, that's right. Tough. Um, but yeah, uh, I, mainly I'm just excited to get out there and and see, you know, kind of the return of college football to Holland. It's, I mean, it, it obviously got high school football last year, but I mean, just the return of college football to the Midwest, I mean, big 10 stadiums were all empty last year too. So, so the games are happening, but it's college football's back. There's going to be tailgating. There's, there's going to be people, fans having fun wearing blue and orange. Um, and I, I'm excited for it.
0: For sure and then all the other hope college sports will start this weekend too um soccer teams are home volleyball is at that mid their annual midwest uh tournament which this year is in chicago um kind of rotates around but uh they'll, they're ranked in the top 10 um nationally the cross country has pretty high ranking as well so there should be a lot of great storylines coming out of hope college this fall uh grand valley state their first game is canceled because of the covid Pro, you know covid whatever with their opponent it has nothing to do with them um coach uh, coach mitchell tweeted out that 99% of his team and staff are vaccinated and the or 90% something like that anyway and
1: the entire 100% of the team has at least one of them.
0: has at least one shot everybody else yeah not 91 i think maybe he said 91% is fully vaccinated and everyone else has their first shot in and they're just waiting for their their second one so i mean that's that's going to be how teams survive, um, and you know it's it's college is a whole other level because colleges are requiring them to live on campus um, and do that kind of stuff, you know, to be on in in person classes and living on campus and all that kind of stuff. So that that plays quite a bit of things, and I think that's gonna what it's gonna do is it's gonna show that you know um, you know when. If if incidents come up with teams, it's not going to quarantine the whole team.
1: No, yeah, exactly.
0: And that's right. and that's going to be the huge thing, because um, obviously you still could get COVID if you had a vaccination. Yeah, you still could have a positive test if you have no symptoms, even if you have a vaccination. But uh, the numbers show obviously that you know vaccinations are working, and that's why it's our numbers are going down. So uh, or have been going down. I know the Delta variant has you know blipped some yeah. things up uh, for everybody, but uh it's good to see those kind of numbers from our, you know, from our uh, you know, local D2 powerhouse school. And I know that uh um I think Harbaugh said they're 99% vaccinated or something like that I at Michigan. They fully vaccinated. Yeah, so I mean that's uh that's I, I, I'm gonna look forward to not having to write about what's not happening rather than what's happening, which is yeah. good. Um yeah. so and, and
1: uh, GSE they're not entirely off the table yet for, for this week. Um I know their uh, uh, sports information director said they're still actively searching for for possibly getting an opponent on the schedule for Saturday since it, it wasn't a GLIAT game or anything, so they could, they could just grab somebody who had an open week. Um, you know it's tuesday afternoon as we're recording this uh, if we don't hear anything by the end of day today i would say it's highly doubtful that, that they they play a game just from yeah
0: i would doubt, i would doubt it but unless some another team has the same situation yeah, exactly. where they have a game scheduled and then all of a sudden they don't cuz of the opponent yeah and but otherwise you know most everybody has a week one
1: yeah yeah
0: Schedule. so but just one of those things that we're still dealing with a little bit, and uh, we'll see how that affects things. I'm hoping it doesn't affect high, high school sports yeah. uh, as nearly as much as it did last year. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, I think that the move from the the you know the the contact tracing protocols because the numbers have proved that people in tracing generally still don't get it. You know what I mean. So again, yeah. hopefully, hopefully we're moving to um, well, hopefully there's no cases. Let's just say that obviously, ideally that's, you know, but it will, it will limit people who are in close contact or whatever, or test positive, but it, it won't hopefully won't end seasons and forfeit tons of games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. That's,
0: that's the, that's hopefully where we're at now. So, um, but yeah, and other sports have, you know, have started as well. We've got, um you know, a few, a few rivalry things happening. Highland West Ottawa swimming this week and some other things going, but we'll, we will dive more into that kind of stuff next week as, as you know, more stuff happens. Um, there's, a, you know, we've got some great swim teams, volleyball teams, cross country teams, um, a lot of things, tennis teams. we got a lot of things that will, uh, you know, will will come up and we'll kind of take some turns as we move through the fall. But, uh, Yeah, we've got one week of football under our belt. Here comes the holiday week. And, uh, yeah, everybody go out and watch some football safely. And uh, we will be back to fully discuss everything that happened this weekend next week. So for Will, I'm Dan. Have a good week, everybody.
1: And be sure to vote in our Sentinel Player of the Week high school football poll on our website.
0: That's right. How could I forget that, Will? Thanks for saving me there. Um, It's So we're going to be doing that. It's going to be up either sunday night or monday morning every week um and uh yeah we're we got a lot of votes so far this week so uh, it they'll run until wednesday morning so uh yeah get out and vote for your sentinel player of the week every week as well just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh human remains that are left.